Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new set of windows, a new door, do a lot of things for you. Do a lot of things. Can change the look, change the feeling, the vibe of your home. Plus, can do two other pretty important things as well. Can add value to your home and it can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Pella can provide window and door solutions to literally any home and work with the people at Pella second to none. So now is the time. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online. PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right. It is uh, Monday, August 31st. And uh, I I wanted to check in uh, with one of my one of my good buddies Matt Verzal, uh, former Husker offensive lineman, uh, Grand Island's finest, and uh, he he is he's a dude that I've known for a long time, and I I wanted to bring on Verz because he can speak to a bunch of different things that are going on in our world right now. First of all, he can speak to he owns a a, a pizza restaurant and bar in in Omaha, Paisan's Pizzeria, uh, so he can speak to owning a restaurant during this pandemic. He used to help kind of own and operate uh, sidetracks in the downtown and the bar, uh, all Lincoln bars. So he understands kind of the impact of what Husker football has on a bar in Lincoln. So I wanted to get into that with him. And then obviously he knows a lot about Nebraska football and then also high school football, being a high school football coach at Omaha Scott right now. Like, so he can talk about a bunch of different things. And so I wanted to bring on Verz and pick his brain on all of that. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Of course, the our conversation gets started with Verz. Just kind of t- anybody that knows Verz, some of the best things you can do is just hear Verz tell stories about his life and, you know, a night of partying or whatever. And so uh, there, this is just a blast. It always is when you catch up with uh, with Verz. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here is my podcast chat with my man, my guy, former Husker offensive lineman, Pat Verz. All right, uh, on the line now is uh, is a guy that everyone loves. I mean, his approval rating is like, what would you say it is, Verz? Is your approval rating amongst the masses at 98%, 99%, or at least in GI, we're at 98 99%, right? <laughs> There's, it, for some reason, it's up there. I got a lot of people fooled. <laughs> <laughs> got, I got a lot of people okay. are fooled. So, but, no, it's high. I have like uh, I have so many things I want to talk about, but you know I'm texting you over the weekend and I'm like, all right, you know, you got time to record? We're trying to iron out a time, and you're like, hey man, can we do this on Monday? Because your boys, your boys struggled a little bit. Would you care to enlighten everybody as to what you, why you are struggling uh, and moving a little slow right now? Well, there's sometimes in your life, Nick, that. And you, you're too young yet to, to be to this point, but <laughs> you still you still think you got it. Yeah. And, and I'm a loyal person, and, and I love the people in my life. But I had a weekend. So, Scott, we played on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then one of the kids that had worked for me, Kyle McMines, he was getting married. And him and his, his beautiful wife, Jess, they had been trying to get married through all the COVID stuff. And, it you know, cancel and redo and then they got married and everybody did the drive-by honk the horn thing and so they finally got it lined out we're like we're doing it we're just getting married and this is where it's at and i said great i said i can't make the wedding i said but i'll be at the reception so we played ron collie so i go coach and then i get done and I, i'm like tell the boys congratulations i'm to the car grab the suit out of the car put the suit on in the bathroom at Ron Colley. Oh, boy. Because, I mean, it's it's been a minute since I've gotten in one. I'm like, yeah, I need to go get in one tonight. So, 
to get down there to the Diamond Room where we broadcast the College World Series. Yep. Yeah, so it's down there. So I'm in it with the fellows, and it's you know six eight kids that I had that I have employed, and they're great young men, and, but they want a shot at the old guy, and I'm oh. like, okay, I'm like, careful what you wish for. <laughs> so so we go at it, and we get done. They're like, hey, we're going to Capitol. And I was like, all right, like, I don't care. So I go to Capitol and I get up there. We're going, and then there's a couple older kids from Scott that I ran into that I had coached, and so now they want to have a couple drinks and burgers. And I'm like, yeah, this is all going bad. Oh boy! One of them, one of them, way, way out kicked his coverage, like not even on the field. <laughs> right. So anyway, I knock back seven or eight there, and and get to the end of that. I'm like, oh, like I have a car. And I probably can't make this bad decision, but I need my car tomorrow. Right. Because I got to go to Grand Island to Phil Ellis's wedding the oh. next day. So I get, I make a couple calls and found a, a buddy of mine. His son was still up. I said, Hey, I said, $100 gift card to Paisons. You get me and my truck back to Paisons and I'll figure it out from there. Right. So they come get me, haul me back. So I'm getting into Paisons. It's probably 145 now. So I'm, <laughs> setting banks and doing stuff I shouldn't do. And, you know, <laughs> I get in there and this was the, this was the, the, the precipice of the night. Like, well, you're 46. You're in bad shape. Like you're in bad shape. Like you, you, you should not probably move anywhere else, but right. here. So I looked down at the floor and I was like, well, I could just sleep right there. No. Quick little nap. No. Just get a little nappy nappy in. Away <laughs> we go. So, Full you suit. Sl- you slept full on the suit, floor? Just, just on the floor. Took a nap. <laughs> woke, woke up at six. Turned all the ovens on. Turned the fryers on. Left a note for the boys open. I said, I'll be back with the money bag before I leave town. I was like, I'll see you in a little bit. Oh, so, my God. Went home, went to sleep, and then and then went to GI the next day. And I now, sober Verzal will help drunk Verzal out a lot. Drunk Verzal does not give two shits what sober Verzal is doing. So I get, I mean, I've got a, I've got a cooler in a truck, you know, 20 years ago, that cooler had been filled with beer and booze and shots. And that cooler now is filled with a six pack of Pedialyte. There we go. So right. Hammered a Pedialyte on the way to drop off the bank bags for the boys of Pisons. Hammered a Pedialyte on the way to the wedding and still had a headache. Oh, and I was like, well, I got to go hair the dog on this. So yep. went down to my favorite bar, Ruffs, and hung out with my buddy Brad Kelly and Jesse Strands and got about six or eight Bloody Marys down. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go uh, <laughs> did, did it again the next day. And, <laughs> oh, it was, it was rough, but oh I survived. Oh, my God. That, I mean, I have so many questions. First of all, I – if I slept on the floor, if I don't sleep like in a, and I've gotten so soft, or if I'm not in my bed, I will wake up. My back will be locked up. My knee will hurt. Like, was your body dying by from just forget the booze? Just sleeping on the floor was your body just dead? Well, so this time of the year, and with the vid and everything, you know, yeah. the, the stress has been high. I'm sure. And so. A- exhaustion probably factored in more than quality sleep because I was just like, "Hey, you need to shut your eyes for longer than two hours." Right. And so uh, let's see if we can get a quick four hours. And see well, how that goes. So I've always told people, you know, as you get older, I mean, 
Like I, I got one good night in me. You know what I mean? Like I, I can get oh. it going for one night. You know, like I, I still got it. But it's Preach. the back to back that I just don't have. So like the fact that you were able to rally and get to GI and find a way. I mean, that is that's impressive. That's extremely well, here, impressive. Here's the deal. I like social events. Yes, right? you do. So the kid that way out kicked his coverage, his his little girlfriend was there, and we were in the I don't even know what capital is. There was the country music plan. I was like, yeah, I can country dance. <laughs> and she goes, you can. And I was like, darling, I said I will, I will dance your shoes off. Yes. I'm like, let's go do this. <laughs> so we go out there, and we start dancing. And I mean, I'm swinging her around, and we're doing our thing, and and the homie didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> He was not feeling it. And I'm looking at him like, bro, she is, she wasn't even born when I was in college. Right. Number one, if I'm a threat to you, number two, man up. Like, let's be serious here. Right. But he came out on the dance floor. He's like, that's enough. I was like, okay, Hardo, calm down. (laughs) Don't don't make me whoop you in front of all your buddies. Right. Like, this is just going to go bad. You're already embarrassed and and feel some type of way about me dancing. Don't let me knock you out. And then you're going to even, you're going to be even more embarrassed about what's happening right now. That's incredible. But then I get, then I get back to GI and everybody there knows, hey, that fat man can move. So you cut cut a couple rugs out there. We had a good time. Oh, my God. I did. This was. So I've been a pretty hard diet guy, right? For I was going to ask so. about that. Yeah. And so there's this taco truck in GI. I mean, in this thing, if you get a chance, it's off of Fadley. Okay. If you're in GI for some random reason, just go to the taco truck. Don't order. Just tell the guy at the counter to pick something for you. Okay. Okay. Let him pick for you and you will eat. And it would, I'll put it this way. If you, if anybody ever doubts how quickly I can get back to 350 pounds, <laughs> just go have these tacos. I took down no no I he knew he knew he saw me he saw the inner fat kid wanting to eat a lot, so he didn't make me one burrito he made me two burritos, no. and they were big burritos right, and I took both those down to the face and didn't even <laughs> break stride. I was like, and part of me was kind of happy for myself. I was like, still got it. Well, yeah, you still got it, and every once in a while you got to, you know, I mean, listen, you got to every once in a while you got to, uh, you you, you got to let it loose on in more ways than one. What are you? I mean, because I haven't seen ever since you know we got we got I moved to Lincoln, the pandemic mm-hmm. hits. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a really long time. Where and, and where are we at with the? Because anytime I see a picture of you, I'm just like, look at this guy. Look at look at how great he looked. Where are we at with? With the official weight loss number, has it been harder to keep the weight off during the pandemic? Like, where, where are we at with that, Burst? Because you've looked fantastic, well, man. The number, thank you. The number, I'm two, I was 235 the other day. Wow. So, but that was, well, thank, it's always impressive, but when you start at 370, you're, you know, you've kind of. Still, man. I mean. It, 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 hey, listen. It can only go down in weight or down in a hole. It ain't going anywhere else. Either way, it's got to go down, you know? <laughs> you're going to go six foot under or you're going to go down in some weight. That's pretty simple. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. That's terrible. But keep going. But it's true. Yeah, it if, is. If, if people just look at it like they're like, hey, I can roll around at 400, but I ain't going to be here long. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. But no, it's a, I'm, a, I'm a wicked creature of habit. Yep. And so Jared Thomas got me on a plan that's really good for me. It's simple and. It's a, I, I mean, I'm by, by no means restricted. I eat Pizons every day. I eat Avalados every day. So it isn't like I'm sacrificing a whole bunch. Right. But just regimented and I know what times I got to go and we do it. And 
I got to go show the boys every now and then in the morning. Scott had to move weights around. So it's, it's cool though. Like anybody that's anybody that, you know, losing weight, I don't care if you lose 10 pounds or a hundred pounds, like it's, it's not easy. Like it's not, you know, and like establishing no. new habits and, and being disciplined is hard. And it's even, it's even harder the older you get with, with, you know, your body doesn't react the way it used to, all that stuff. So, like, I, I I, think it's just amazing what you've done, man. Seriously. What's happened now, though, is I have, you know, people be like, oh, my gosh, you look so good. Da, da. But then when you look in their eyes and they're like, oh, you'll be back fat again. Just give it some time. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, will I? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe you need that. Maybe you need that to, to you know, to, to kind of ignite that competitive verse to be like, okay, you think I'm going to be fat again? All right, I'll, I will uh, I will, I will continue to do my, my kettlebell workouts every think, day and do all that <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? I think competitive verse is gone. It's just grumpy old F you verse. Well, you know, they're, they are distant relatives. <laughs> they're, they're distant relatives of, of one another. There's no question about it, man. <laughs> I, so okay, I you are Wait, uh, before before we go. Okay, now you got big stuff. You got new babies. Yeah. You got beautiful daughters. Yes, you got an unbelievable wife. How's L Town? Great man. It's it's uh, it's been good to get get back in. I mean, I love I love Omaha and I love living there. But there's there's still nothing quite like where you grew up, you know. And then you mm-hmm. see you see a lot of the old guys that you all know, the whole Lincoln Southeast crew. Um, yeah, you know it's. It's been it's been great. It it really has. Mava is you know she's four and a half. She's her second year of preschool. She's doing great. Uh, my I guess my two month old son now. Gosh, I can, feels like he just got here. Two month old son Mac is doing. He's doing. He's doing awesome. Er, everything's going well. We've I've I've reignited that. Uh, we got Chick and Nick back rolling, man. I mean, we got yes, like a bunch do. of th- we got a, I got a bunch of things going, dude. It's good. Yeah, it is. It's it, good to venture out there on your own. It is. You know, this has been because I just uh, on August 26th was the one year anniversary of launching this pod, the Nick Bob podcast. Mm-hmm. And it has been uh, it's been fun. It's like sometimes it's good. to It's good to shake things up. It's good. It change can be good. And I just also think there's something to like I'm I, I, I was really proud of all the content that I did in, in radio for a long time. But I feel like mm-hmm. I've been. I feel like the best content I've put out has been with this podcast, you know? So like uh, that, that's a good feeling. So that's kind of like the, the, you know, the, the life gods kind of telling you like, Hey, yeah, you're on the right track. Keep, keep, you know, you know, chugging along and and working. So it's been, it's been fun, man. It's been really, really fun. Outside of breaking up the greatest host, fill in host relationship ever. I mean, I'm happy for you. (laughs) Outside of that, other than that, (laughs) other than that, we're, we're, we're all good, dude. We are. Oh no, we're cool. Yeah. I like it. You know, I, I will say I watch, uh, I've, I've kind of stumbled on and gotten into watching bar rescue at times. Oh yeah. And I watch it with Kim and I, Kim, Kim, it's so fun to watch with Kim. So for people who don't know, Verz and Kim, they used to kind of, Kim was a bartender and, you know, Verz used to help operate and, and, and run, you know, a, a couple different establishments. And I always think, like, Kim's like, that's ridiculous. Verz wouldn't have done it like that. I'd have done it like that. Like, she's, like, I feel like she thinks she could go rescue a bar. And I'm sure she, I'm sure you and her could go to cause some of these bars and teach them a thing or two. Without a doubt. Kimmy handles the security and I'll do all the rest. <laughs> 
yeah. Which one of you is running security? The the little brunette? Oh. <laughs> and I guess she's going to be knocking people out if they if they she just gives them that look like, yeah, come yes, at me. Yeah, come on, I got try, something it, for try you. it. I, I got tell people, all the smoke over here, big boy. I don't know what it is about this girl, but she, like, if you put, if, if right now, if you put her in, like, the octagon with Ronda Rousey, she would be like, let's do it. She would start yep. putting her hair in a ponytail and be like, all right, let's let's go. <laughs> like okay the confidence of this girl is is high see that's what i don't know what Maeve is gonna do if she's like in the cage right now if she's like working on her basketball stand like i don't she, know, see, I don't know I don't, where she's at I, yeah I, she is more she is she is you know per, she is all into taking care she has five pretend babies and okay. she takes care of them every day she okay. is really she so she is like way girly right now so, but I don't know, you know, I mean, I mean, listen, like, you know, things can, can evolve and change, but right now she is skewing heavy on the girly side of things. I don't think Mava's going to, going to follow in her mom's footsteps of being, you know, the, the bar badass, you know, that'll, that'll until, put people Until them wires cross one day, she's going to be like, daddy, look what I learned from uncle Ryan. This is called <laughs> yeah. rear naked chokehold. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. I saw Ryan the other day. He said, he said, whenever you want, whenever you want those kids to learn how to choke people out, just send them my way. I was like, all right, Jesus. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll, it's good. Uh, you know what? Learn how to show people out. Probably not a bad skill to have, depending on where you're at in your life. You know, nah, it's a crazy world out there. It, it, there's I've, no question. There's hey, no I question. have thought about going and doing some jujitsu right now. I know. Like, there's there's a part of I've always said, like, I want to train for a fight that'll never happen, but I just want to train for it. You know, like, I have right. no desire to really fight, but I, I, I like knowing that, like, I could fight. Does that make sense? Just in case you go out there and and are rude or haze or yeah. somebody starts running their mouth. They're just like, yeah, I got this. I, I'm good. I'm good. I know. I know how to rear naked <laughs> choke somebody. I got this. Okay. Give me, give me some space. Let me stretch out for five minutes before we start this. You know, that's what we need to do. I, but verse. So I, when I was, I wanted to have you on because I'm like, okay, here's a guy that can speak to a bunch of different things that are, that are really prevalent in our life right now. And that is owning a restaurant and a bar during COVID mm-hmm. also understanding the city of Lincoln and the impact that Husker football has on businesses yeah. and, and what that looks like. You obviously can speak to Nebraska football because you're a former Husker and you can speak to high school football because you obviously were a high school football star and you coach high school football. So like you, you are like, you can touch on all these things and I want to, I want to hammer through a bunch of this stuff. Can I start? I want actually want to start the business side of things. I want to mm-hmm. take us behind the curtain a bit for what these past five, six months have been in giving everyone a sense of the challenges of trying to run a pizza shop, Paisons, during COVID. Because I, I think it's, for, for a lot of people, it's, it's, we know it's hard, but it's a little bit out of sight, out of mind, because we don't, we're not in that world. Can, can you give us a little bit of a sense of what it's been like? So when it all first hit, um, I got some people okay you, you know me i know i got some people on the right side of the law and i got some people on the wrong side of the law yep. it's just it is what i am <laughs> and so i called the people on the right side of the law and i said hey you know what's this let's get this stimulus deal figured out because we're going to shut down you know blah, blah 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 and my one buddy said you ain't shutting down i was like oh, oh, oh yeah we're shutting down <laughs> and he goes no 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 he goes, you go on the radio and you got all this bravado and you don't fear nothing. And da, 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 da. he said, people need normal. Mm-hmm. He said, they need to know something stable is there. I said, okay, whatever. And so then I called some people in the, 
in the health division, you know, health departments and that kind of thing. I said, here's what we're thinking. And the one lady who I trust a lot, we've worked together since I was in Lincoln. And she said, Matt, she said, I know you, she said, I know you're always aware of your, your customers and your staff. And she said, up your standards of cleaning. I said, which we already have. Mm-hmm. I said, she said, you have 3,900 degrees of heat in, in the 14 foot span. She said, everything we know of this right now is that heat is very detrimental. She said, so you're going to kill everything that goes in and of it. She said, if I was you, I would stay open. So then I met with the staff and I said, here's the deal. So here's where we're at. Here's what we're thinking. Um, and, you know, let's, let's talk about it. And they're a great group of young men and women. And, and they were just like, what are we going to do? Like, we're going to go home right. and we're going to sit at home. We got no school. We got no nothing. Like, stay open. So that factored in. Then I talked to my food reps and I was like, this is what we're thinking. And everybody's kind of on the same page just go be safe, but run it. Right. So, so we have always tried, like, it's one of the things, you know, the bar in Lincoln or downtown or, or the sidetrack, Lazari's, all the stuff I owned back there back in the day. We just wanted to be a neighborhood feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're in a small town bar in a big city. And that's kind of the way Paisans is established. And we, we have a great relationship with the neighborhood we're in. And this was really point proven that when we did this, how much they rallied and support around us. Cause we stayed open and it was, I mean, it was great. Yes. Like we were, we were busy all the time. We didn't let anybody go. We actually hired a couple kids that had been let go of other places. Um, and, and just went, you know, put your head down and work to put a smile on. And we had everything from, you know, old ladies coming in crying. So happy we were open and so happy everybody was still there to, you know, then you had people that were nervous. They're like, are you guys worried at all? And I'm like, well, here's what we're doing. Right. And if you can convey the message of what you're you're doing, um, it, it it changes people's view of it. They're like, oh well, you know, it was tough to to find some to find some you know basic things like we we switched from a bleach base and ammonia base of all our cleaning products to rubbing alcohol, right. <laughs> diluted rubbing alcohol. Right. Well, that was all sold out in Lincoln, and so I had to call some boys up north, and I said, hey, so them fellows still running running shine up by you and they're like yeah it's like is it that bad in omaha i was like no i said i need cleaning products and that's what i'm going to use because all the psychos here in omaha have sold out of everything so we got some jars of shine we diluted those down and used those to i mean if you think you're you think you're 70 percent rubbing off is pretty good i got some about 100 percent alcohol that will fix whatever ails you yeah well that's so we did that um the staff i, I told them i said here I said, here's the deal. I said, you think you're slick. I said, you think I'm just an old man that doesn't, can't figure anything out. I said, if you go out of town, you're going to be off for two weeks. Right. If you go to a party, you're going to be off for two weeks. And they all kind of giggled. They're like, how are you going to know? I said, well, I said, there's a reason I have about 46 Gmail accounts. I said, I follow all of you on all of your social media. Right. And good luck trying to match any of them up because none of them have my name on. Right. I said, because you guys all want followers. That's all you want. So I follow all of you. And they were just like, what? So overnight, <laughs> I go to check them, and they all go private. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. They right, all make right. their accounts private, which then the next day at work, I said, good move making those private, but I'm already in there. I'm like, you can't get rid of me. I'm already infiltrated, boys. Right. Now, they were. we had, um, we, we had a couple kids who were just real honest. Like, I got a temperature. I'm like, stay home. Right. I'm like, you're not coming in. 
Um, one kid went out of town uh, way at the beginning. And I said, you know, you got two weeks off. So we just, we try to over communicate and make sure everybody stays as safe as possible. And, you know, we're dealing with the public. And so we're trying to do everything we can to make sure everybody that comes in both to work and to eat has a great experience. Well, you know, and I think, one, you, you know, you touched on something, but I don't want to step on something that we're going to touch on a little bit later on. But like, I think one of the things you just hit on, though, is the peer pressure that exists when you're a part of a team, whether that's a team at Paisans or a football team of like, you also don't want to be the guy that, like, you know, you go out and you go to a party and you, you know, you make some poor decisions and you come back with the virus and spread it on the team. I mean, you don't want to be it's one thing to go out and and break curfew and like have a bad practice the next day or be a bad employee the next day. It's another thing where it's like you could torpedo the season. You could torpedo a restaurant. Like, I also think there's there's some real that's a real thing that I think is uh, is is under under discussed when it comes to whether it's having scut football go or wishing Nebraska football could go of like the peer pressure element of like hey man make good decisions because you don't want to you, you don't want to let us all down. It's it's which which self are you? Are you selfless? Or are you selfish? Mm-hmm. We just had that talk. I said, yeah, you can go to your party. You can do that. You can get the bid. You can bring it back in here. And then you're out of a job. 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 I'm out of a job. I said, everybody's done. I said, so literally every day, the fate of your monetary success is in the hands of the guy or girl standing next to you. Mm-hmm. I said, so if they want to go act a fool, yeah, we'll all be <laughs> we'll all be standing in the unemployment line together. Right. I said, or we can do this as a team and realize, hey, if I make this choice, we're going to have bad implications, possibly. Right. Right. And so, like I said, great group of kids, and we try to over-communicate. I trust them a little bit. I'm 46 years old. The le- and I've said that like six times. I don't know why. I love but it. You're my, a man. You're 46. I love it. My success every day is in the hands of my youngest is 15 and my oldest is 28. Try that for an experiment. Yeah. Like, like, hey, I'm going to leave this 15-year-old in charge of the cash drawer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you train them and you teach them and you, you show them right and wrong, you know, the rest of it kind of falls into line. So. What, Virg, you, you know, you, you, you mentioned some of the, you know, whether it's the bar, the downtown, sidetrack, like you understand the – you know, the importance and the connection of the, those Lincoln bars and how much Husker football impacts their success. Give yes. people, give everyone a sense. I think we all say like, man, no Husker football is going to be devastating for the bars and restaurants for downtown Lincoln. But how, how tough will it be? Like, can you speak to that? We had, so at the time, uh, Twisted Steel Incorporated, Neil Grummer, uh, rest in peace, yep. Seth Regan, Greg List. We had one bar that was only open 14 days a year. It was open home football Friday and Saturday. And that was the sidetrack tavern. Yep. And let's not shit ourselves. We moved a lot of booze out of that joint in 14 days. <laughs> right. Like that baby did some work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it football season puts you at ease if you have a bad rest of the year, okay? Will it severely be detrimental to some businesses in Omaha or in Lincoln? Yes, it will. Because they're acting a fool, you know, out of season. 
Right. You have to be bar restaurant. You have to be smart with money. You have to be able to budget. You have to say, okay, we're coffers are fat right now, but you know, when we get to, to June when there's no kids in school or July when there's no kids in school, it's going to be a little leaner. Mm-hmm. So we got to take some of this money and put it over there. I mean, you'll find out, you'll find who was, was swimming naked. Gotcha. I mean, the tide goes out and you find that out real quick. Yeah. But the one thing that is great about the people of Lincoln, especially the people of O street, which are some of the best people you're, you're going to meet in your life is they're resilient and they'll find a way and they'll work through it. And some will fail and some will succeed. Right. And that's just, that's the way life goes and, and it sucks and it's un it's unfair to, and, and, and it's a, it's a backlash, right? It's unfair to the businesses of Lincoln, but you don't want to be solely dependent on one form of income, sure. but in Nebraska, that's what it is. That's, it is what really, it is, man. Yeah. Like there, you, I think we all know it's probably flawed, but it is what it is. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I, I want to, Make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they're following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home and all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive if they traveled anywhere outside of the omaha lincoln area bottom line they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So Man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home. And you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella. So you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Well, I want to get into the football side of things a little bit, like because, you know, anybody that's listening, you're such a reasonable person, and you're a guy that – you're, you're a dude that kind of lives by the creed of like, hey, man, don't bullshit me. I won't bullshit you. Pretty simple, right? Like – because there's a lot within that. Like I, that means I respect you and you respect me. We don't have to like each other, love each other, hug each other, but you're gonna gonna respect me. I'm gonna respect you. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of that creed that has felt a little bit broken with how all this pan- canceling and postponing of Big Ten football has kind of gone down. How has the last the last month kind of landed to you with the decision the Big Ten's made, and now the Big Ten sitting here? With fall football canceled and everyone's, you know, certainly the fallout to that's been kind of crazy. How has all of it landed to you? If if you could look in the dictionary and find the definition of monkey humping a football, that would be how I think the whole Big Ten has handled this. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had since March, you know, this all went down in March. And, and football people will know, hey, once March hits, Campaign that far away. So you've had time to develop plans. And I mean, you, you could have been out through the alphabet two times with a plan that you're going to enact if, if this doesn't get any better. And to have them kind of
kind of show up and seem like nothing was prepared and nothing was ready was very frustrating to me because the Big Ten has this perception of this old stoic conference in, in American history and we're ahead, you know, we plan and we're this and we're that. When in reality, what it is is just a bunch of old heads that were sitting around like, yeah, we're going to do what we want to do. And sorry, athletes, you know, this is the way it's going to go. We're just going to, we're just going to cancel, which is, is just craziness to me because it's such a defeatist mentality. And, and I'm too, I'm too fat and I'm too hairy. <laughs> and I'm too, a lot of things to, to, to live that way. And so for that conference to do what it did was very disheartening to me because at the time when we moved to the big 10, I was like, Hey, this is a pretty good move. This is a nasty conference. Smash mouth, hard nosed football. What Nebraska knows better than you know the Chuck and Duck in the Big Twelve. This is a good move, right? And it hasn't worked out that way. But to to, to there's few things worse in life, and it's kind of the way I try to operate. Is if I'm in a leadership position, I don't want to be the reason for failure. Okay, so if I go through this and I make sure that I'm not the reason, meaning I've prepared my people, I've prepared myself for success, then we should be good when the leadership side of the big 10 has done, I mean, they set them up for failure. They I mean, they set the whole conference up to fail and I get it. It's a disease. It's a pandemic with the amount of money that flies around the big 10. They have the ability to bubble all of their football players at every school in the conference. You go to, I'll just use this as an example because I live there, but you go to able and say, Hey, kids enable really sorry about this, but you ain't living here no more. Mm-hmm. You're living somewhere else. This is going to be all football players. We monitor all the football players. We've got control of this dorm. This is where we're at. This is where we eat. This is how we get to school. This is what we do. Now you have a safety measure put into play because 100% they're going to be better off playing football than they are going out, as you've seen, you know, with no question. Frat, frat yes. parties getting busted and, you know, right. 800 people in the hay market. But the it's what happens. It's what happens when you get 14 Harvey Perlman's in a room. Mm-hmm. Probably never strapped it on, never played, don't know the exhilaration of it. But the simple economics of college is this. The football team is going to get people to come see your university, period. And I know all the nerds don't like that. They want to think, but nobody's going to science club to watch the scientists blow something up. Right. Like it just, it ain't happening. They're coming to watch 22 kids try to beat the piss out of 22 other kids and win a game. Mm-hmm. Barbaric, call it what you want, okay? But that's that's reality. That is life. We pay bills. It's what we do. We know our role. We accept those things. Just let us do what we do. Stay out of our way. We'll get you the money to go do all your stuff you want to on your campus, okay? But just let us do what we do. And, and to have them take that away, I get it, okay? I get it. If you're scared of, of a disease outbreak, I get it. If you're scared of unionizing, I get it. Okay. But you can't limit such powerful organizations from bringing notoriety to all of your college campuses. If you don't think enrollment has gone up at Clemson, you're crazy mm-hmm. with them winning and playing football. If you don't think it's gone up at Bama, you're crazy. It's, I know in Nebraska alone, I know five kids have gone to graduate school in Bama because they wanted to go to the game. Yeah, no doubt. Think about that. Yeah, I know. I know Creighton got a bump in enrollment during Doug McDermott's time. My man. I mean, 
That stuff, it's it's easy to dismiss it, but it matters more than you think. And how do you... It's like anything, though, Nick. If I... I, I, there's an inherent risk, right? I could go see the smartest human being in the world. Rob's asking. I could go see Rob and I could have to have a procedure where Rob has to be my anesthesiologist and he's got to knock me out. I know there's a chance I'm not going to wake up Yeah. and I have to sign a paper that says as much. Hey, there might be something in here that you don't wake up from. So sign this paper. So your family doesn't come sue us. I got it. So if I know there's an inherent danger that I may pick up COVID. I may blow out an ACL. I may break my neck playing whatever sport I'm playing. And I sign that and I accept it. And that's on me, right? That's my responsibility now. I've acted in a way I feel it's going to be best for me to do what I want to do. And at some point in time, we got to the point of a society where we're looking for everybody else to protect us. Right. Everybody else has to shelter me and make me okay and, Da, 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 where we used to be a country of people like, I'm going to take care of myself. Like, I'm going to get this done on my own. I appreciate your thought, but I got to take care of me. Right. And so it's just, that's frustrating to me that the suits in the Ivy Tower made a decision that didn't, more and more it comes out, didn't really involve people that it should have. Right. Right. Not the players, but like ADs and coaches. Right. Which all those meatheads are going to like, yeah, we're playing. Right. <laughs> it, but I also think like, it's beyond, it's not just that, Again, I think it's easy to minimize football and minimize. Oh, okay, boohoo, cry me river. You don't get to watch, you know, a football game. Well, it's so much more than that when you get to the actual, the the people that are involved and the people that are affected. I mean, because for me, like you lived it, I lived it. I would have been a total disaster without basketball in college. Like you, you removed oh. basketball from me, I would have been a disaster. And I'm sure, I don't know how you would have been, but I'm sure you know a lot of people that would have been the same thing. because you. And I'm sure you see it now with high school kids at Scott and just how badly they need football structure within their life on a variety of levels. I, you know, I, I do think the whole, like, you know, mental health thing and, and, you know, what happens with these players, that's a real, that's a real issue that is going to be kind of – I'm scared to watch unfold over the next handful of months. Yeah, the, the psyche of the kids, and it's, it's what they know, right? So in a small aspect of Scott, you get to have those decisions – or discussions, sorry. Do you want to be selfish? Do you want to be selfless? And, and our kids did great, right? But to see them come out the first day and they got their gaiters on and they got their, you know – precautionary measures but just to see him happy because we had done zoom meetings from april i can't remember th- through when but yeah. we did zoom meetings because i just wanted to see him sure right so we could do the playbook and you know check in on everybody kind of like that yep and you know i bust their balls and we tell some jokes and it, it's good that coach Verz doesn't teach because <laughs> then i can you know that i can just be real with them yeah and so to see them out and being happy and, and getting to do something that they love to do was awesome. So now to have that potentially taken away from those kids in the big, in the big 10, it, psychologically, I just, it's going to fry a lot of brains. I'll be, I'll be, we're like dogs. Okay. We have to have a way to burn off energy. It's, it's been put into our bodies since we were young, that this is, you know, go out and compete. It's a physical thing. You hit, I mean, there's times I'll be honest, and, and at my age, I miss hitting things. 
It's like I miss <laughs> right the physical contact of like, oh, that was a good, that was a good lick right there. Right. Or on the other, like, oh, I just got jacked. Like I got smoked there. Mm-hmm. So those things will weigh on kids because there's no outlet, there's no avenue to to remove to, to remove that from yourself. You know, you can go to practice all you want. But when there's no payoff of a game at the end of the day, it's just super frustrating. And I'm the psychological side of this is going to be scary. I'm yeah. just, I'm telling you, you know, and I hope everybody's, you know, at Nebraska is making sure those kids are, are all right. And, you know, mental checks on them as well as the physical checkups. Yeah. Cause I, I know, uh, I had, I'm always interested in talking with players once they're right when they finish playing. Like I had a, you talked a lot. I had a hard time giving it up, you know, like when, because it's, it be, kind of becomes your identity. You know, you don't want to be minimized to someone like, oh, you're all you are is a football player. All you are is a basketball player. It's like, well, we're more than that. But at the same time, that is our identity. And that is something mm-hmm. that, you know, for, I know for me, like for, you know, 22 years, I woke up and my main thought was how it was basketball. How do I become a better basketball player? It was all basketball. And all of a sudden that it's almost like that part of you dies. Oh, and it's the worst. It's the worst. And and I think in some ways now football is going to come back for a lot of these kids, but it's almost like that part of you gets put on like a coma or something like that. Like, you know, like, you know, and you don't know what to you. It's, it's challenging where you don't know. I mean, right now, think of all those, those players in Lincoln, they don't know when are they going to be strapping it up and playing Thanksgiving. Are they going to play in March? Are they not going to play at all till next fall? Like, that's that's hard. That's just a hard thing to, to navigate. Like, what would you, what do you do if you're Frost? If you're Zach Duvall? Like, what do you even do with the players now? Because you can't necessarily just say, "All right, boys, go uh, eat Mickey D's and and drink beer, and we'll see. You. I'll let you know in a couple weeks when we know what's going on." You got to keep them like somewhat focused and working. But like, what do you do with them? I think they can practice 20 hours a yeah. week right now was yep. what they said. Um, I would, oh man, if it was me, I'd probably practice for three or four days. And then I would have, I'd probably have a, a scrimmage or I would, you know, do some, do something along those lines, like let the players have a draft right. and let them pick their own teams and go play. And I'd honestly let them pick their own coaches too, because that way they'd find out who they like and who they don't like and who I needed to fire. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you, you got to, you got to give them outlets and you got to give them avenues. And, and it doesn't always necessarily. Now I would go give them a big old slice of humble pie. I'd be like, hey, we're gonna go scrimmage the volleyball team. <laughs> I'd be like, what? At what? <laughs> we're gonna play some volleyball. Right. You do think you're athletes? We're gonna let these girls wail on you for a little bit. Cause you think you're a dude. <laughs> so, but you got to get them in competitive situations and, and, and occupy their and, mind. You know what correct. I mean? Like, you know, don't let them just sit in their dorms and go cuckoo. Like you got to try to keep them engaged with something. And that's, you know, a buddy of mine, his nephews transferred out to Rutgers and, you know, they had an yep. outbreak and he's like, it's like, this is jail. Cause we legit go to our dorm room where there's nobody else in it and we can't leave. Right. Right, we're just here and doing this, and I was like, "Oh crap, that would suck." Right, I, that would be so terrible. But it, um, you got to keep them occupied, and you got to give them things to do, and and take advantage of that twenty hours, I guess. How viable to you is winter or spring football? Like, how, not at all. How do you? Yeah, what? I get, lay that out for me. Dumbest. It's the dumbest idea I've ever. This is a typical 
wait a minute, you called our you called our complete power that we're canceling this, and you you now have questions. How dare you question us? Let's come up with the dumbest possible solution ever, which is playing in the spring. So now we're going to get done in June, May, June. We're going to give you July off. Then we're going to throw you back in the mix. But we're not here. We're here for your safety, which was our first reasoning, right? Like this, this can't be, this can't be the best you came up with. Like you're, you know, you've got doctorates and all that kind of crap up there, which further reiterates some people go to school way too long, still don't know shit, but <laughs> it's like that, that, that idea or, or option B. Hey, let's play in the winter when everybody else is deciding national champion and we're just going to go be doing our own thing. Yeah. Like we're just going to go play a couple games and just have some fun and, and determine a big, like if I'm Ohio state and, and you know, sorry, you're, I'm a little harsh for your podcast. But you find out who shills are, right? Mm-hmm. Desmond Howard, shill. Yeah. And fuck that guy. Yeah. And Michael Wilbon and your little Northwestern degree, fuck you too. Because you came at us at a time when we just wanted to play. Okay? Right. We just wanted to play because, let's be honest, Nebraska needs to play games. They need to find out if they're good or if they're terrible. They have to find out. And that's all that they were asking to do. So for you two turds to come at this in some big manner of get rid of them and take their money back and all that stuff, just get off your ivory tower. I mean, and Des, you're the worst part of any portion of that TV show you're on. Let's not make it anything but what it is. And Will Bond, you're just a corporate show anyway, so just shut up. But those guys and that kind of stuff, that really pissed me off. Yeah. But to see Ohio State and Nebraska kind of align now, it's, it's kind of funny. But Nebraska being, let's the third runt of the litter in the big 10 is the most boisterous. Like where is Michigan in all this? Yeah. And why isn't Ohio state louder? And Michigan State's just like, Hey, leave us in Iowa. There's like, Hey, leave us alone. We got other shit going on. Like, don't pay attention to any of the crap we were doing. That was ungodly terrible. Just focus on this football thing. So just, we can get our house in order. But you know, your two staunch members, where are all the Michigan men? Where is Tom Brady saying, Hey, we should play. Right. Where is every Ohio State? I'm like, why aren't we playing? This is stupid. And maybe I just missed it because I'm not on social media. No, I haven't seen it. But they should be. I mean, Urban Meyer's been the only guy that's like, hey, Scott Frost just wants to coach. Right. He just wants to play. Why is that bad? I didn't understand that at all. It still is so puzzling to me just how all that, how all that unfolded. And I was thinking about this, like, and maybe this isn't totally apples to apples. It's probably not, but it's like. Imagine being for a second. We always view things through the lens of Nebraska, but imagine being Ohio State for a second. Yeah. Where last year it would it honestly I think the most close analogy would be 93 Nebraska to 94 Nebraska. You uh-huh. get so close, you just come up short to Florida State. Same thing last year with Ohio State, you get so close, you just come up short to Clemson. You kind of had that game. There was a, you know, there was some interesting calls in the mm-hmm. latter stage of that game. You you have a national championship caliber team. Imagine in 94 in August, the rug getting pulled out from underneath that group. Like I I mean, again, I, I, it sucks for everybody to be able to play, but let's be honest. Like, when you got a chance to win the whole thing, it's different. Okay, so that so this is just a change in society, and this is a full blown biased meathead comment about to come out of my mouth. I love it. But that ninety fourteen, be like, yeah, you don't you don't have to play. We're gonna go play. 
Right. <laughs> we're we're going to right. We're going to show up at stadiums when Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State shows up to play Tennessee. We're going to get back on the bus. Here's a million bucks. Get on your bus and get out of here. Okay, you you guys over there in the orange, you're going to get it. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I know. We, we, those dudes would have driven themselves down there. <laughs> like we're here now. Uh, but it just now you just can't leave. We're yeah, playing. We're playing now. You made a mistake. You know. But again, it's everybody falls in line, yeah. and you don't want to rock the boat because the big dog signs the check. Yeah, and what's what's hard too is you you know we talk about the viability of winter or spring football. What's tough right now is if you are the Big Ten, you have to balance two things. Like you probably do need to collect some sort of TV money check. You know, like you need to get something. I mean, a lot of these revenue loss, you're talking about $100 million. Like you, it'd be nice if you could collect, you know, some $35, $40, $45 million check. But at the same time, what you don't want to do in collecting that check is screw up next football season. Like you need to make sure that whatever happens, you are back on a normal quote unquote schedule for next year where you're kicking off when the ACC big 12 and SEC kick off, you're going to play your full 12 games and everything's back to quote unquote normal. So it's, we, it's tough. Cause like you got to go get that money, but in the pursuit of getting that money, you might screw up next season and you can't, that is almost as like, you can't do that. So it's a brutal situation right now. These monsters, right? These big monster programs, right? Love, love crying poor. Oh, we gotta have this fifty million. We gotta, 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 gotta. Go look at them endowments, right? Right. And these are just the endowments that are on the books. Okay. If you don't think there's two sets of books, you're crazy, right? But <clears throat> you got over a billion dollars. Okay. That fifty million dollar hit is what you make in interest. Maybe in about in about three months. Right. Okay. I've always said you can Nebraska, Memorial Stadium. I would never wish this happened. Memorial Stadium could fall down today. They could have that thing rebuilt and play a game the first the first Saturday in September. Right. Like let's you know. Oh my gosh, we need to do you do you really? Now I understand what you're saying with the long term effect of hey we're kicking out of the league we're not giving you 50 million next year two years in a row hits probably a little harder you'd still be all right but. It's it just I. It's tough for me when we became scared of everything, and it seems like the Big Ten is just scared. Like the leadership of the Big Ten is scared. Well, it didn't even try. I mean, I think it's one no. thing. Like if it doesn't work, like if if the SEC, if all these other power conferences get off and they like they can't do it. Let's say like a couple weeks in, it's just like it doesn't happen. It's like okay, you tried, but to not even the Big Ten didn't even try. That's the no. thing that it still is hard for me. It's like he didn't even give it a try. But now you know. Right now, you know, so old Nicky B is down at the, at the pub. And he's getting a little lippy, had a couple, and he's like, "All right, we're just gonna go down, me and this dude over here, guys. I'm gonna need some backup. Who's with me?" And then nobody comes. <laughs> That's what happened to the Big Ten. The Big Ten found out it has one friend. Yeah, it is the most meekly, right. Right. sissy, worthless friend in the world <laughs> in the Pac-12. Oh, it's like, hey, we're with you. Let's go. Not play. And the ACC is like, ah, psych. Notre Dame's coming down here. We're playing. Right. SEC is like, new phone. Who this? Like, <laughs> what, what do you what do you want? Who are you? And then the AAC is like, hey, we're playing. Like, we just have to play. Right. Right. <laughs> so it is. It is what it is. It's a failure in leadership. 
What is uh, high school football? I mean, so you're 1-0, everything's off the ground. I'm sure it was tough to see. I'm sure you have a lot of coaching friends, uh, you know, one notably in DB with the OPS cancellation of, of, of fall football. It's probably been hard. How have you kind of sized all that up as, uh, as we've seen? Because it, it was weird for me, like, you know, on one hand, I'm super excited to see football, but then like watching Austin P and Central Arkansas play and seeing highlights of high school football over the weekend and then knowing that Nebraska's not going to play, like I was, my prevailing emotion was like sad. But what, what is it, what is, how has all that been with high school football getting off the ground for some people and not for others? Uh, again, you look at another organization that failed everybody, um, OPS. Didn't, didn't seem to, ha- okay. I'll give OPS credit. They came up with a fake plan. They said, here's our fake plan. We know it's not going to work, and then we're just going to scrap it all. Okay? We're going to get rid of everything. But, again, you're back into a situation where those kids are better off in a control group of be that 2040. And and, and I'll tell you this from the scud aspect, Don Kassler and Jeremy Moore, our president mm-hmm. and AD in the inverse order there, did a fantastic job of when all the things came down from the NSA, here's the plan as it lays now. And then the NSA changed path and they said, here's the new plan. Then the NSA said, well, we would like to see this. And then here's the third plan. Okay. You have to work to make these things happen. They were having meetings up there. I would leave Paisons. Lights are still on. Cars are still over there. They're still working to make sure that their student athletes have a chance. Okay, now, and, and there's a misnomer about Scott that we have this ivory tower and we're this and we're that. All it was was effort. It was effort and communication. OPS should be playing football right now. But they didn't communicate very well from everything I've heard. Their plan was a plan that was set to fail. <clears throat> and so when it did fail, they were like, oh, yeah, told you it wouldn't work. We're out of here. So just like that, and I feel terrible for the kids. You know, I feel I've worked with, I worked with some OPS offensive linemen in the summer and it just, it was, <clears throat> your heart just breaks for them because they, a couple of them have a chance to go play, you know, high D2, possibly low D1 football. Right. But now you can't get film out and you can't, you know, what are you going to do? Right. Like you can't, how are you going to do it? So I'm trying to work with Steve Warren and just, we, I mean, we had, well, he hasn't responded to me, so maybe I might have to do it, but just put together an inside hole setup. And those who don't know what inside hole is, that's the offensive line versus the defensive line. We're going to run a play at you. You try to stop it. And if you stop it, you win. If we, if you don't stop it, we win. Right. And film it just so that just so these kids can send out films and say, hey, here's the best that we could find in Omaha playing. It's the best we could find in Omaha of the kids that aren't playing. And here's some film on it. Right. It's something. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's a live rep against another live body that's pretty athletic and, and you know right. But you gotta go. I just I feel so bad for so those kids. It's brutal. It's just a like I can be let down by myself. I get that. But when I'm let down by leadership, I just it drives me nuts. That verse all verse. I kept you way too long, man. You you got you got to go to you got to go do your your business things with Paisans. I'm sure you got to get your uh, your 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 kettlebell workout in. You got to get ready for practice. So you you go do your you thing. Know, you know, for COVID, I went back on the X. Got back in the old P90X. Me and Whoa, you're back. I had on. to mute him. <clears throat> I had to mute him. Yeah, couldn't do it. After after 13 times through that thing, I was like, 
Yeah, I haven't done this in about five years, but you're still annoying. So shut up. <laughs> you, you 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 start memorizing everything they say and all that. Like, uh, oh, that that's how it was for me. Jokes. Yeah, I know. I I you know I did in uh, Sean T's Insanity oh, back in the yeah. day, and like man, it got to where like I could knew I in my head I could like recite everything he was gonna say. Yeah, you kind of go cuckoo, man. But you need to switch. You started it up. using his catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's not it's not good at all. Verse man, uh, it's great to hear your voice. It's great to hear from you. Um, you know, keep keep doing your thing, and uh, we'll stay in touch, my man. All right. Always good, brother. If you have to go break into one of those night games, watch my nephew. I guess it is what it is. Night pride. Say it with me, Verse. Yeah. Come on, you could do it. Night pride. I ain't happening. I already got my shirt made that just says I'm here to watch Max and Cash. That's oh, if it. you is that a real shirt? Please tell me it's you have black. a shirt. Oh, oh no, it's it's gold. It's a gold okay. shirt with all right. purple so, letters. All right. That's that. You know what? That's a compromise. That's a compromise. You're willing to you're willing to support, but to a to a but only to a certain extent. I can respect. It's that actually answer. awesome. That, I, I think I mean, it is okay. great. I love that. I'll take I'll take this back. That was <laughs> that, I shouldn't have said that, but it's awesome that they can only let like immediate family members in because that's just like you come to the game. It's like I can't get in. Like no fan, <laughs> only household. There we go. <laughs> she just paused for a second. She goes, "I hate you so much." Uh, I was like, "Yeah, I know." I like, can't get in. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Rules are rules. Rules are. I'm a rule follower. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Verz, you the man, brother. Thank you so much. See you, Nikki B. All right. My thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Production.